Hey, let's pray again, shall we? Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your, yeah, just how amazing you are. Ah, Lord, we just bless you and we just praise you. And Father, I just pray that you just, uh, yeah, anoint this message that I share today, Father. Thank you. Amen. Well, last week I was talking about how we need, as we move through our process, and that really all of us are in some form of process because we're living beings. And so just by default, there's a process going on in our lives, whether it's even just getting um, um, chronologically older. Something's happening to you. I hope that more than that is hoping. I hope you're also in a spiritual process. One of the things I just talked about was that really encouraging to think in terms of making progress in the process. You see, I think it's very easy for us to, to get into process and um, sometimes we get so caught up with what we're experiencing and it can be so powerful that we really just almost end up in the process and it becomes almost this obsession with us. And that, so, so part of it is that God is always wanting us to move through process. He's always wanting us to have a progress. And uh, I think really, I kind of think of it like what um, our friend Graham Cook calls it. He calls it, we need to live in the, the present future, not the present past. And what he means by that is, for so many of us so often, we can easily get caught up by defining ourselves almost out of shame of what we've done wrong and to where we've got today. But as believers, we really need to be in that place of understanding that, that as we're living in relationship with God, in a place of, of dynamic relationship, we, we're really living present future. God always looks where we are now and where he wants us to be. In other words, the transformation. God is always actively involved in our life being transformed. We're moving from glory to glory, the scripture tells us. And so it's so important that we, that we understand that. And so just as I've been thinking about that this last week or actually last couple of weeks, I just want to, in a sense, this morning continue on in the theme, or next, probably next couple of weeks actually, of moving forward. And today I just want to introduce some, uh, really some thoughts and lay down a foundation for the next maybe one or two weeks, just see how it goes. But if you have your Bibles, if you'd like to turn to Romans chapter 13, or turn on your iPhones, don't check your Facebook or your email, just turn and look, go to the Bible. Yeah, and I don't know if there are any Pokemon in here today. (laughs) So what I want to do this morning is just going to go and just want to draw out some some scriptures and some stories and just have a look at it. So here in in Romans um, chapter 13, a little bit of background. In, In chapters 12 and 13, Paul is outlining some of the ways that we're to live as people of grace. People have been born again through the grace of God. How do we live? Because those are the kinds of people we are. And he starts in chapter 12, verse 1. He says, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then he goes on, and he begins to look at some practical ways that we do that. He talks about making sure that we, we live and serve and demonstrate a life in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we walk in the gifts of the Spirit. He, he, uh, he, that, that's how we're to function and, and we're to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit and how we treat one another and, and how we live together. And then in chapter 13, he goes on and he talks about how we're to submit to government and, and honour honor authority and, and pay taxes. And actually glad I'm not preaching on that sermon this morning. 
And he talks about very practical things, really, about how we love one another. And then in verse 11, he says this, and to do this, and what he's, been ta- what he's talking about there, the this, is everything he's just talked about. Knowing the time. So to do this, knowing the time. Now, that word there, time, is actually a kairos, what's called a kairos time. It's not a calendar. It's not just a definition of time, but it's something that is actually immediate, something that's right now. It's really like, in a sense, it's not the, the calendar, but it's the second hand. It's immediate, the now. And so Paul's saying, I want you to understand that it's immediate. It's right now, that this is the moment. It's really a moment where God intersects into time. And comes here. So, so in doing this, knowing the time that now, now it is high time. And again, that word there, high time, means a kairos moment, an immediate time. It is now time to wake out of sleep. And that word sleep there is an interesting word. It's the word that we get the, um, our word hypnosis, hypnosis from. So what he's saying is that it's time to wake up from the sleep that we've been in because the sleep that we've been in is not a, a restful sleep. It's not a, um, it, it's really like being in a hypnotic state. It's being lethargic and indifferent. And he's saying it's time to wake up because now there's a kairos moment. Something's happening now. Wake up out of that, that place of indifference, out of that lethargy that we're not to be hypnotized to those things around us, to wake out of sleep. For now, and then it goes on, for now, for now, our salvation is nearer than we first believed. And what he's referring to there, he's not talking about salvation in the terms of of being saved from hell, um, that kind of thing. He's talking about Jesus coming back, the salvation of Jesus coming back to his church. And he's saying it's, it's coming back quicker than what we think. And he says that, that, you know, that as a person saved by grace, we need to live in the now. Do it now. Do it in the now. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 16 picks up a similar theme. 2 Corinthians 16 verse 1 says, we're going to be looking at a bit of scripture this morning too, which I think is always a good, good thing. I, I just, you know, the word of God is just, scripture's the word and, 2 Corinthians 16, verse 1, it says, We then, as workers together with them, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, and then he quotes Isaiah chapter 49, At the acceptable time I have heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. And then he says this, Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. It means that now there is a time of great favor and acceptance. Now is the day of our salvation. This is an opportunity for us to live in the saving grace of God. We have, see, right now we have a time of great favor and acceptance in which we can live in the grace of God as saved people. Let me say that again. Now is a time of great favor and acceptance in which we live in the grace of God as saved people. Yeah, just probably as a little bit of a side note, we really need to, to make sure we keep clear and understand what grace is. You know, I, I mean, this is a side note. I don't want to get stuck here, but, but unfortunately, there's, there's been a move really in the body where, where people have begun to see grace as a permission to do anything that we want. But grace is actually the empowerment for us to live how God has called us to live. That's the reality of what grace is. 
okay? But anyhow, let me summarize here what Paul is saying. He's saying this, don't misuse the grace of God that had made salvation and favor available to you by failing to live in it in the now. Let me say it again. Don't misuse the grace of God that made salvation and favor available to you by failing to live in it in the now. I like the, the, the New Testament translation where it says, now is the acceptable time. It translates, it says it this way, the right time is now. The right time is now. And I would like to propose to, you, to us this morning that now is a powerful thing. That now, the now has unlimited possibilities. But I also want to propose that in order to reap the full potential that is available to us in a now moment, we need to have a now response. Or we can, to be honest, we can fall prey to the disease of ease or the poverty of procrastination or the sorrow of tomorrow or the death of delay. Proverbs 24 verse 33 says this, a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on us like a bandit. Love this. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Isn't that great? (laughs) And a little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit and scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. You see, we have to understand now moments that we live in or these things can get hold of us. I don't know if any of you have ever seen the, the TV program The Shark Tank. Any of you seen that? Okay, quite a few of you want to not admit that you've seen that. That's okay. <laughs> For those of you who haven't, it's, it's five very, very rich people who sit in a room and people come in with their, their dream, with their, their um, idea. And what they've got to do is they've got to try to sell it to these five people who are called the sharks and make a proposition to convince the shark to invest into what they're doing. And so they come in, they, and, and so often what happens is they offer them a, a position or also offer them a certain amount of shares in the business that they're about to grow for the money they're going to get. And, and it's really, really interesting to watch simply because people come in and they have an idea of what they want. And they present their business and then the sharks ask questions about it. And, and, and you know, in, in many of the situations, one of the sharks, or, or more than one, will then present an offer. Might say, look, I'll give you $100,000, but I want 25% of your business. But the thing is, that may not be what the person came in asking for. And, and, and often what happens is that people, the people don't catch their now moment. They don't understand that this is a now moment. And, and because they haven't been ready for it. And so they hesitate. And of course, you know, I don't know if you've seen the program, but the shark's response is, I'm out. And they, they check out. Sometimes the shark will say, you've got 20 seconds to accept it. And the person's got to think, what's happening? And, and many times the, pe- the person doesn't know what to do because they, they really haven't become ready for their now moment. They've been so fixated on presenting their idea, they haven't actually thought of all the consequences and the things around that and what's going to happen. They haven't predetermined some things. And that's, that's really what I want to talk about next week. 
how to be ready for a now moment because I think it's important for us. Because, you know, the reality is now moments happen all the time. Right now, see? <laughs> if I can have a... No, I don't see a bit of light. I think you guys better listen to me. No, no. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Because, see, the right time is now. And really, the reality is the now is powerful for every single one of us. Am I saying that everything has to be done now? No, no, of course not. There are times for everything. But knowing the time is really critical. It's a critical issue of discernment for each one of us. Because see, when we have a now moment and it presents itself, we need to know what the appropriate response is going to be. What is the appropriate response? It's as if we have 20 seconds to make a decision and to act on it. Let me make it very practical for you. Um, give, me, give you an example and hope so you can grab what I'm saying. You're each going to have your own application of this, but here's something I've learned about a now moment. You're sitting down and you're watching the rugby and your wife comes and says, honey, can you take out the rubbish? <laughs> that's a now moment. <laughs> you have to realise that's a now moment. <laughs> And, you know, that now moment has tremendous potential, right? I mean, it could go either way. (laughs) It really could go either way, right, guys? It could be a moment for you to shine, (laughs) or not so much. And whatever your now decision is about your now moment, it will have consequences. (laughs) See the few guys kind of, yeah, I know, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, no, don't go there, that's right, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? That's a now moment. And if you ignore it, you will miss the possibility, the potential you could have had for good. And now you're going to probably have to clean up your own mess. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> Cowards. You see, now moments present themselves in practical ways to us all the time. In all our relationships, in all our work, in all the things that we go through life doing. There are now moments there, and they require a now response when they come. And there's a variety of ways that we can respond, but boy, you're ready to respond to that moment, or you'll miss the potential for that moment. What do I want to do here? What's happening here? So what I want to do over the next few few minutes, <laughs> those are preacher minutes, if you want to, I want to, I want to track some scripture. Really, really want to take some stories out of, out of scripture and talk about it. Some I'll read, some I'll just mention perhaps because of time. But I want to look at some responses that can actually steal the power and the potential of the now moment. And then next week what I want to do is I want to look at, at some of the other things and talk about how to get ready for a now moment. Is that okay? Cool. So what I do want to do is just as I say, flick through some scriptures and just look at them. First one I want to look at is in Luke chapter 9. Starting at verse 57. Now it, appeared, it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. 
but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But the man replied, Lord, let me go first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid farewell to those who are in my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What we see there is conditional response. Conditional response. I will follow you, but I'm all in Jesus until I'm not. You see, this kind of response is saying that I'm going to do you a favor by accepting your invitation. But when the cost comes up, gets too high, I'm out. Or, or I really like that offer, but let me negotiate the terms. See, what these guys did not understand, Jesus was offering for them to walk with him. I mean, can you imagine it? To walk with the Son of God. I mean, they'd seen the miracles. He was, he was known to them. They understood that this guy was unique. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. And we see when you get an opportunity of a lifetime, you better seize it. But they didn't. They put conditions on it. And by putting conditions on it, Jesus effectively said, if that's what you're going to do, go and do it. Because you're missing the whole point. You see, every day, in all honesty, has a now moment for us. We have the same, because we actually have the same offer to walk with the Holy Spirit. To live in the Holy Spirit, in a relationship that is back and forth conversation. And he offers us to us that, he offers us that now. And in all honesty, the only appropriate response is, yes, sir. We live in a now moment. Luke chapter four, verse 16. Piece of scripture that most of us will know. Jesus comes back into Nazareth. He goes into the synagogue. They give him a um, scroll. He opens it and he begins to read it. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recovery to the sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He then closes the book, every eye is upon him, and he says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, what he is saying is the one that was talked about is standing right in front of you. You see, everybody in that room needed what Jesus was offering. And, and in that moment, see, this is, that, that was the moment, that was the moment that the whole nation of Israel had been praying for, the whole nation had been longing for, and in what they had been talking about, what they'd shared about. And here it is standing right in front of them. In this very moment, what's the response if you read on? It was a reasonable or a reasoned response. Their response is, well, isn't that Joseph's son? How can he do anything special? A reasoned response. You see, in the moment that they had been waiting for, they missed. 
because they were reasonable. See, there's always a reasonable response, but it's not always the right one. Because you see, God is an unreasonable God making unreasonable offers that require unreasonable responses so he can bring back about unreasonable results. You see, he wants to feed 5,000 with a few little fish and a piece of bread. That's pretty unreason in my way of thinking. Now, I'm not saying, please don't hear me saying that God's illogical or anything else, but he, he goes beyond what we're doing. You see, he's looking for people who will be unreasonable in their response to him, who won't stand in the place of all the reasons that this cannot happen, but who will step up and take the basket that can't feed that many, but will say, because he said it, I will step out and begin to feed the multitudes. See, a reasoned response will always cut off the miraculous. A reasoned response. Matthew chapter 14, verse 24, he sends his disciples off. He's had a busy day. He sends his disciples off. He goes up the mountain to pray. The disciples are heading across the sea and a storm hits. Things get really bad, blowing, and they're getting they're kind of freaking out. And, everything. and then finally Jesus comes to them. <laughs> Not how they quite expected him, walking on the water. And he frightens them because they think it's a ghost. And he says, don't be afraid, it's okay, it's me. (coughs) Excuse me. And in that moment, Peter discerns something. Peter says, "Uh, hey, if you ask me to come, I'll come. Because you see, Peter saw that here was an opportunity to walk on water. No one else saw that. You know what? Peter was the one who got the walk on water. Think about the rest of them in the boat. They did not have the discernment to discern that moment. You see, that's the undiscerning response to a now moment. There are now moments, but we have to discern them. We have to have our eyes open. We have to have our spirit open and be ready to hear that this is a now moment. And to discover that this is a now moment, that something special is happening to us. And I know I have missed now moments in my life because I haven't discerned them. I haven't understood them. That this was the opportunity, that this was the time. Too often been blind and missed moments. But listen, we walk with the most creative, imaginative, generous being in the universe. Wouldn't you think that he is offering things all the time to us? There are now moments right in front of us. Right now. There are mo- right now, I believe there are, there are now moments in front of us. We are deciding things even today. Come in here, be things on you, choosing things. Whether you're not, and I don't know, maybe even choosing right now, whether you're going to believe me or not. Be a now moment, I don't know. Now moments. Now moments. Even being alive today. I'm so glad I live today. Greatest reformation in history. Wow. We get to be part of it. It says in Acts, I didn't have a chance to look up the exact scripture this morning, just around about Acts 16. 
that God chooses the time in which we're born, times and the seasons in which we're born. He chose this time for your now moment to be part of what he's doing on the earth today. That is just so awesome, isn't it? Second Kings chapter five, the story of Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, has leprosy. And a little slave girl who's been caught comes to him and tells him the story of his great prophet, Elisha. And so Naaman asks the permission for the king to go. He goes to the door of Elisha, knocks on it, and a servant opens it. Naaman tells the servant the story. The servant goes back in to see Elisha. And it's interesting how Elisha responds. He doesn't come out for this very important and powerful man. But he sends out his servant to give him instructions. Naaman's response, he gets offended. I mean, he's a man of great stature. He expects the man of God to come out and and treat him as an honored guest and do something really mystical and spiritual, wave some hands or do something to get healed. Instead, the prophet says, yeah, go down and dip yourself seven times in the Jordan. Naaman is so offended. One, because the prophet hasn't come out. But the second thing is he's offended by the fact that he has to go and dip himself in in muddy water. Come on, there's much better rivers than this. What he didn't realize is that this was his now moment. That this was his now moment and that his ego was getting in the way of his now moment. And if it hadn't been for a servant who said, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more than when he says to you, wash and be clean, you should do it. And suddenly Naaman has a realization that he needs to lay his ego aside so he could receive what was available to him. You see, the invitation into a now moment may not actually stroke your ego. It may not look like the most pleasant thing to do. It may not look like any even any advancement to you. It may not look like that place that's, wow, this is awesome. How great am I going to be? It may not look like that. It may be going and dipping yourself seven times in a muddy Jordan. You see, to live in a now moment, you have to lay your ego aside and then embrace the hum- with humility the now moment in order to grab hold of it. You tracking with me? Well, the three of us are having a great time. Matthew chapter 25. The parable of the ten virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Now notice here, he doesn't say that they were good or bad. Okay, it just says some were foolish and some were wise. There's a big difference there. They weren't bad; they were just foolish. Verse five. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard: "Behold, the bridegroom is coming! Go, go out to meet him!" And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And they were foolish. The foolish said to the wise, "Give us some oil, for our lamps are going out." But the wise answered, saying, "No." This there should be not enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. 
And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went into him, the wedding door, into the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came out, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. He gives an instruction. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. What we see there is an ill-prepared response to the now moment. This is is probably the no-excuse response we can give. This should not be an excuse for us. See, the background is this. The virgins were, were a group of women that accompanied the bride into the wedding. When they saw the bridegroom coming, they would, they would join the bride and they'd go into his house and where the wedding would take place. So it was a, they got to participate in the celebration. It, it was a great honor. It was probably a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for many of them. It was their now moment. The foolish virgins were not prepared. They were not prepared for the moment that was offered to them. And the now opportunities are missed so often because we're simply not prepared for them. You see, now does not wait for you to get ready. Your now moment when it comes, you need to, it will not wait for you. You must be ready at that point. When Bob Hazlitt was here, he prophesied over us. He was talking about us being a movement. And he made the statement, if you're going to be part of a movement, then you need to be on the move. If you're going to be part of a movement, you need to be on the move. You have to be on the move so that when the moment comes, and it will come, as Jesus said, it will come. Often when you don't think it will ever happen. When you think that that prophecy has died, when you've you've given up hope, suddenly that now moment will present itself afresh. And the question is, will you be ready? Will you be ready? We need to be prepared for the now moment. So, what's the response for the now moment? Number one, discern it. Two, be wholehearted. Three, be unconditional. Four, be unreasonable. Five, get ready for it. Next week, I'm going to talk about all that. Let me ask you a couple of questions first. Why don't don't we stand? Ask yourself this, what are you delaying that needs an now response? What have you been delaying that actually is a now moment that you've been putting, been putting, been putting off? Ask God to give you eyes and ears to hear, eyes to see and ears to hear. So you don't miss the now moments that God has for you. You see, no one else can really tell you about your now moments. Sometimes we want the pastor or the leader or the prophet or the conference to tell us when we're in a now moment. 
but this is about you growing. This is about you moving. And, and, you know, we've got to get to that place where we actually hear the Spirit of God. We actually see what the Spirit of God is doing. And so we need to know that. So we need to ask God to give us eyes to see and ears to hear so we won't miss those moments. You may even be here this morning and as I've spoken, you've kind of had a bit of a sinking feeling. You think, you know, man, there's something I've already missed. There's something where, where the, the, the problem of procrastination has already really taken its toll on me. Where the disease of ease has meant that, that actually that wasn't our moment. I missed it. Well, as Paul said, it's high time. Now is the high time to wake out of our slumber, out of that hypnotic state that I can do something tomorrow, that there'll always be a, a, another time. Remember that scripture I said, a little sleep, a little slumber, laying down on your head to rest and poverty will jump on us. It can be a poverty of spirit. It can be a poverty of opportunity. It can even be a poverty of finances. It will jump on us like a thief and steal from us. But here is the good news. (laughs) Here is the good news. The offer is still on the table for you. The offer is still on the table for you. The goodness of God is still available for you. That moment, that now moment is still there for you. And you can grab hold of that now moment in faith. But let me tell you, don't make put conditions on God. Don't negotiate. You see, I, I, I never want to hear that with a, in a sense the Spirit say to me, I'm out. I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Now enter into that, the joys that are before you because you said yes in that moment when it was time to say yes and you jumped in. So what I want to do this morning is I want to pray over our ears and our eyes to see opportunity. Eyes to see the opportunity, our ears to hear the opportunity. You know, last year I was talking about the prophetic and about Elisha and... and um, I declared a word really out of the story of Elijah, and it was really this. If, if you can see what I can see, you can have what I have. If you can see what I see, you can have what I have. And that's what it is with God. If we can see what he has for us, if we can hear what the Spirit is calling us into, in that moment... We can have the potential of that moment fulfilled in our lives. But we do have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. We have to have sensitivity to the Spirit. The right time is now. The right time is now. And so I want to pray over our ears and our eyes this morning. And then just want to finish. And the altar's open here for healing. For, for We've got a great prayer ministry team that want to pray for you for healing, for relationships, for whatever, even praying into this stuff right now. But right now, I would ask you if you place your eye, hands on your eyes gently. <laughs> to pray for anybody because they just poked their eyes. This is a symbolic thing. You may not think it, but it does actually have power. Father, I want to pray that you'll unveil our eyes. Lord, you'll give us eyes to see. 
Lord, I pray that you'll remove cataracts of our own blindness, cataracts of mindsets that have, that have held us back, cataracts and eye diseases that would cloud our vision and cause circumstances to be focus, our focus rather than your provision. So we're asking for eyes to see for now moments that you are presenting to us every day, that we can walk with power and we can call, we can call all the potential that is there for your kingdom's sake, for, your family, for our family's sake, for our own sake, because you care about us. So Lord, I, play, I, play, I pray that you would give us eyes to see with clarity and discernment. We ask it in Jesus' name. And I want you to put your hands on your ears. Father, there are so many voices that clamor. But Lord, I pray that, you would, that we would be sensitive to your voice. Lord, I pray that you would clear out the earwax the wax of circumstances, the wax of other voices, the wax that tries to muffle your voice. We ask, Lord, that you'll open our ears so that we can hear so clearly the voice above every voice, that we hear your voice. And Lord, give us discernment to know when it is you and when it's not. Give us ears to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's finish. Can I invite you to come down? Get received prayer if you need it. And let's just worship the Lord as we finish this morning.